Welcome to the Genre of Your Life podcast, a show all about movies, TV, and the entertainment that defines us. I am one of your hosts, Dove Jones. With me, as always, are my amazing co-hosts and two of my closest friends. Starting off with Mr. Nick Johnson. How are you today, my good sir? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing real damn good. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I miss you boys, man. Now we had the show was off last week that was on me for uh, becoming a dog dad. But, you know, I miss you guys, man. I miss the show because... My Thursday nights are way better with you boys in the picture. Hell yeah, same here, man. And last but not least, the one, the only, Mr. Joel Kindlin. How are you today, my good sir? Uh, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> Life can be better, but I'm alive. That's all that matters. It'd be like that. Gotta keep on keeping on. Exactly, it is what it is. That was some yeah. up this year in a nutshell, if you ask me. <laughs> For real. And more importantly, you all are here. Welcome to the show. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. If you're returning, welcome back. As always, guys, you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and your favorite podcast platform of choice. We also have a full audio show um, of the show on our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Midway Avenue Productions. Um, while you're on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or where you listen to the show, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, leave a rating, leave a comment. It helps us out so much. You know, the more traction we get, the more um, viewers we get, the more uh, numbers we get. It helps show out a lot. Like I said, you know, over the summer we had the 10K. We're still growing even more than ever. You know, um, some of our reactions have been getting a lot more views too. So we, we appreciate the support. And you know, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. And we hope you are enjoying the show every week as we are making it for you guys. So keep on listening. Um, you know, it was funny. Speak, speak, speaking of, uh, um, speaking of which, um, it was funny. I was on this Nick today too. Um, our, uh, the, our most viewed video was hilarious. Is me and Nick's uh, reacting to Expendables Four, which is so kind of like mind-boggling. Like we've seen a bunch of shit this, but a lot of movies this past year, like stuff from like The Flash that you know Joe saw The Flash as well. The stuff like you know Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible, and you know list goes on and on, Stray stuff like that. Um, but I I find it funny that really our first our 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 biggest video over almost 15,000 views on YouTube is the Expendables 4 out of theater reaction <laughs> that we had to like re-record because the guy put his baby in the video originally. I know, that's fucking, that's wild, bro. I cannot um, believe that. That's funny. I don't know if you saw this, Nick, but this is kind of funny. I saw this on our YouTube the other day. I was going through the comments for, just, for, for you know, shits and gigs. Um, and I'm assuming we have more, you know, you know, more viewership on our YouTube, which is great. I mean, our, most of our, you know, our, our big thing is, you know, that this show is like the podcast on Spotify and Apple, but I, you know, I listen to comments here and there from time to time, usually on like on YouTube or TikTok, but YouTube is one guy I, I thought was, I was laughing out loud. It's hilarious. And YouTube kind of like emailed me saying this too. They were like, you can review this and take it down if you like to, this is kind of threatening. I'm like, well, what's the comment? And the comment on our it was you and I reviewing Exorcist, our, our out, of theater, out of theater reaction for that movie. But someone's comment says, man, fuck y'all. Y'all should kill yourself. And I'm like, noted. And he literally said, Damn. he literally said, he goes, I would never trust a review from these fuckers ever again. Fuck you guys. This movie was dog shit. And I'm laughing, dude. I'm having a good old time. Like, I'm laughing my ass. <laughs> not that serious, man. It's just a movie. I'm laughing, dude. I'm like cracking up. So I'm like, just a movie. I'm like, are you seriously yeah. here over the fucking Exorcist? 
Like, that's really? Also, let, let's not forget that anytime we review something and we say our thoughts during and after, like, and at the end of the show, we always say, this is our opinions. You exactly. guys might feel different. Yeah. That's okay. How are you going to Bitch, if you're listening, fuck you. How about... I can't say that. No, no, no. I was about right. to say the same thing he said. Can't say that. Don't say that. Yeah, exactly. We can't start, uh, we can't start uh, uh, a riot right now. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I was, I was going to say it jokingly, but I was like, that's still not good. We can't do that. So... Um, yeah. We appreciate you, Appreciate the the silver strain. I, I laughed, you. dude. I laughed. I was like, again, we're, again, like I said, me and Nick are the minority that we like this movie a lot more than other people, and we acknowledge that too in our review. We hundred percent acknowledge that. But it was just funny. This guy was like really heated, and YouTube was like, "We're gonna take this down because of like threatening." I'm like, "You can leave it up if you want to," but YouTube took it down to like yeah, just I like. It up. I said it was fine, but YouTube was like, "We don't, we don't condone this, like this, this language." And I was like, "All right, you know, it's your, pl- it's your platform. Like, I, I don't, I don't really care." But like, got an email about it. it was hilarious, and I, and I, and I read the review. I read the, I read the thing, um, and it made, it made me laugh. I'm not gonna lie, it made me laugh. I was like, hey, "What? It's our first death threat. We'll take it." You know, we've been doing the show for almost a year now. That was our first real death threat. Yeah. I'll take it. You know what? <laughs> you know, good bad press is still good press. You know what? You still, you still yeah, want you to know review, it. man. <laughs> you know it. Let me let me get a couple more of them real quick. Let me give out three more four four five of them real quick. I, again, I, yeah. again, again, if I was I was gonna I was waiting to hear some more shit of like oh man like like because again like even though like Expendables um, four review or uh, the erection I'm like I was waiting for some like man fuck you guys but like no it was the actually kind of our most controversial one and I was like you know what I'll take it I'll take it no the, the one I was the one I was definitely kind of worried about was Barbie. So I saw it with my mom, saw it with Zeta, mm. and my mom was all like, I want to be in your reaction. And I was like, sure, mom, of course you can. And Zeta was kind of like, well, yeah, yeah we'll see. But we, we, we all did it together. <laughs> and I was for sure, because as soon as we saw that movie at the screening, the next day article was like, was like, this article was like, Barbie is like, hates men, whatever. And I was like, well, in my review, I was pretty favorable. So I'm going to wait for all the trolls that shit on me during this <laughs> reaction. Yeah. But surprisingly, no one like went after me for that one. And I was like, Wow, I was kind of like I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, here we here comes the people saying, give, give up your balls, you know, like give your man card. I, I was totally <laughs> waiting for it. I was totally waiting for it, man. I, I was like, you know what? It's fine. Here it comes. But that was the one where nothing happened. I was kind of like, well, that's kind of a relief. I'll kind, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take it. But, but Hell again, yeah. I never would have thought in a million years that the Exorcist is the one that we got our first death threat on. <laughs> for real, bro. That's kind of that. That is pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie to you. It made me laugh. That's like, wild, I'm like, though. I'm like, it's like, yeah, you, you, you're taking this extra serious, I guess. Yeah, and and that was the one where I thought like we'd get like get the most views because again, it was a very contra- again, quote unquote controversial, you know, reaction because we were the only few critics that like enjoy this movie. It seems like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like as Joel said too, Joel said like, you know, this is our review. This is our, our, you know, this is how we felt about these movies. You might feel differently. And that's totally fine. You know, all, all film is subjective. You know, that's the, the beauty of film that we can disagree on things and we don't have to agree on everything, which is, which is fine. Again, we, we know people that we the college with people that we grew up with that like, you like this movie? And we're like, yeah, and they go, oh, I could ever. And I'm like, okay, well, 
sucks to be you, man. Like, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's sucks to suck. But no, I, I laughed at that. But again, I laughed this morning when I saw our goal of our, our you know, analytics. And I saw our most, our most viewed and most liked video is the Expendables 4 reaction to a pretty shitty movie. <laughs> 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 to a pretty shitty movie. And I was like, all right. A win is a win, right? I felt like oh, a lot of people win. agree. <laughs> yeah, because it was fun. Because like me and Nick were definitely laughing in that review. Because again, we, again, we just came off of like our, doing our first one, and the guy put his baby in it, and we're still talking to him while we're recording. And me and Nick were like, "Yep, can't can't, can't put that one up in the, on the YouTube's." And uh, <laughs> we uh, we did it again, but like we were still laughing about like what happened in the movie, how bad it was, and like what has happened to us. So it was kind of like we were definitely kind of a funnier mood, but like. Never would have thought that that would be like our most you know viewed reaction. Um, but hey, what to each their own, right? To each their own. And um, so I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to a guy last night. Um, our friend uh, Nick, uh, Big Ben, we met at. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. He's a good dude. He's a really solid dude. I was talking to him last night at that screening I went to, um, and uh, I was talking to him about some stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, I got our first death threat." And he started laughing out loud. He goes, "Hey, man, that means you made it." And I was like, "Appreciate it." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I "Appreciate, I appreciate yeah. the praise, man. Huh. I appreciate the praise." Um, and we were talking about stuff too. Him and I last night. I was like, "Yeah," because we're talking about like you know, I'm not gonna mention who, but like you know, gatekeeping within like you know, critic stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, tell me." So he had a similar situation that we went through, you know, this summer with you know who I'm, I'm not gonna mention. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was texting texting Joel and I'm like, bro, get this, this company that they keep does also cover Chicago and all cap Joel goes, What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I was so upset. I was like, really? What the fuck? And I was, I was like, like... I was, Yeah, it was wild, right? But yeah, I don't know. It was it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was just funny, but we're talking about like you know critics in general and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm not gonna mention any names, but it was funny last night. Like we were you know because it was a it was a press only thing for the movie I saw for the holdovers. Um, and you know, I'm talking to, I'm talking to people here and there, and there's one person I'm not gonna mention who I, I mentioned to I mentioned to, I think I mentioned to you guys off air at one time. And I, th- I think I pointed him out to you at the, at the last screening we went to, Nick. That's one guy, and you know, friendly enough. I'm talking to everyone, like talking to like, hey, yeah, how's it going? Da da da. And uh, and and Ben, I'm talking to like this one guy. This one critic walks by Ben and I, and Ben and I were like, Ben was like, "How's it going, man? Like, how are you?" And the guy turns and goes, "Can I help you?" With an attitude, <laughs> I was like, "Damn, dude, that was a good move." I was kind of happy seeing everybody. Y'all, you know, I saw Lee, our our our, uh, our PR rep, whatever. I, I love I love Lee a lot. I love, love talking to her. Like, I was in a good mood, but like this one guy literally had like an attitude, and I was like, I wanted to be like, "Yeah, bro, what's your fucking problem?" But I was like, you know what? It's a movie. We're in a theater. Let's be civil, you know. It's movie Wednesday. I've got to like good vibes. But I, I laughed. And me and Ben started laughing. We were just like, okay, <laughs> like, whatever. But you throw. Yeah, that, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, bro, relax. Because it was like between like, at the uh, I think the actress screening that like, you said that you went you went to that like networking event. Remember, and the guy was like being like hella sus with you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was just trying to be like friendly. I was like, hey man, what's up? He's like, um, okay. I was like. All right, bro. What the hell? <laughs> it was just like, so fucking awkward, dude. He <laughs> looked so pissed when I walked up. I'm like, damn, this is why I don't talk to people. Joe, have you have we ever had an experience like that? No, I'm very, I know back in Chicago we had that one guy, that that one white dude with the long ponytail who was used to cut lines all the time at the screenings. 
Bro, I hated this, dude. We we would keep a lookout, right? So here's the thing. We would be, like, towards the front of the line, right? And somehow this dickhead, right, always came and then would start talking to people and then get in front of us. And we'd be pissed. Because it's just like this dude's coming right when the fucking line's about to start going inside. So it's just like, it was so aggravating. Like, we would be, like, he was the worst ever. Because he would he would fake friendly talk to people to get in front of everyone else and not have to wait in line. Like, we were there for, I was there for, like, two, three hours before. This dude comes, like, last 20 minutes and just, and then he, and then just gets in front without even trying. I'm just like, I fucking hated this dude <laughs> like i'm i'm telling you nick he would literally kind of like kind of like you know like chit chat kind of like make small talk and like people didn't realize yeah. like he was like literally cutting in line like in the ga line for these screenings and like he was like yeah it's crazy like yeah, yeah he can and he always wore like the same like black like free screening shirt and a hat and me and joe were like i think you know, i think tj was like i think he's homeless and i was like i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't maybe maybe he could be but like he would definitely like smooth talk you to like cut in line and there's times where like we'll be in line with like you know me and joe some other friends of us you know for a couple hours and we'd be like talking and then like wait how the fuck to get in the front of the line <laughs> we're like how the hell <laughs> like he's kind of like, like this magic trick of him like kind of like worming the lines to the front and i was like what in the hell but yeah no like what joe said too joe was saying like you know we would in our group chat whatever we'd be like ponytails here ponytails here shit <laughs> we're like we're, and i was like don't let him cut in line. Don't let him cut in line. Because <laughs> you just do it. You I mean, do it, you like, got no remorse. The hustle, though, low key. True. Definitely true. I, I, again, I, I respect. Again, that's yeah. Definitely for a movie man. I mean, good for him. But it was like it was funny. Or like even even when I yeah, moved, like, they, you kind of fucking everyone else over though. Oh, you by do, no, doing there was, it. There is times where like he would cut. Oh no, I think what Joe said too. Like he would cut in line. And like he'd be like, oh my boys were here, and he would like have his boys cut in line too, and we were oh like, my remember that God. having that Deadpool, the first Deadpool for sure, happened a couple of times. One of the biggest groups ever too. He had like six, seven people with him. Damn. We were pissed. Yeah, they 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 pushed the line so far back. We were not happy. We almost didn't get in that day, too, because we were towards the back. Because I think that was the time T- we TJ got in line for us. And then he was like, yeah, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get food. We're like, no, don't leave. And then he left. Ponytail. Ponytail was there. <laughs> and so I arrived. I had to leave early, by the way, because TJ left. Because he was like, oh, we'll go get food. We, we were like, TJ, should God stop. Just wait until I'm there. He did. So we were farther back in line. And so, and then, you know, so we were like, fuck, whatever. We're still in a good spot. And then Ponytail Dude showed up with his fucking big ass group and cut in line. And fuck, dude, I thought I was pissed. But we almost didn't make it that day because of that dickhead. Oh, I was, I was, I was, oh yeah, it felt good though, later on, 
because I got to do the same thing to him because he was further back <laughs> in line, and I and I made fr- I made friends with like people that went to pre screenings all the time, so I would always see them. So whenever like you know I was in front or they were in front, fucking just cut. <laughs> Like we, they didn't talk to the, the long ponytail dude either, so it was all good. And then one time it was just like a giant group. Like one of the people, they were like, "Oh, I got a group myself." And so I was like, "Yeah, sure, fucking come in." Fucking pushed him far back. Sadly, he made it, but you know, I was like, "How oh, revenge, bitch!" <laughs> uh, it's it's fun. It's it's yeah. It's it's fun. Like I said, already mentioned a few weeks ago at our Expendables thing when we were got there, we were like we're part of the press, and the guy told me and Nick, he was like, "Back of the line, back of the line." And I was like, okay, bro, chill. It's Expendables. Chill, my guy. Not that serious. Not that serious. Um, and he's probably the same guy that wants to go kill ourselves in the Expend- in our Exorcist review. <laughs> Damn, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle is a real villain, but uh, dude, I, yeah, that, that points out guy was like our bane of our existence at times. We were like, dude, like, shit, like... He's going to ruin, ruin the experience for all. He's going to you know, cut in line, but you know, good times. Um, you know what I did see actually over the weekend? I was kind of surprised. I'm kind of glad I did. Is uh, the Taylor Swift uh, Eras Tour uh, concert movie. Um, and, you know, because Zato and her friends went to go. Uh, they went to go see it. Oh, the actual concert, you know, months ago. And they spent good money on it. Um, so I was kind of like, you know, I'm kind of curious. You know, also, we, also, we live by a movie theater now. So I'm kind of like, we can, we can just walk to the theater and go see it. So like her and her friend and I went uh, like Sunday morning, um, and I was hearing things of like, oh my gosh, this is like end game level craziness. People are going up in their seats like cheering, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's a concert movie. I would I would expect I would expect to like, yeah, it's it's the you know the experience of like seeing a concert movie like on the big screen, and also it's my mm-hmm. joke was like, this is for the people that couldn't afford tickets to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I was like, you couldn't afford those nose, those those expensive nosebleeds or resale. So for twenty bucks, you can see on the big screen. And I'm like, that's, you know, I guess that's fair. I mean, if you missed out on it, like, yeah, go to go see it. But um, anyway, but yeah, so we we, we went on like Sunday um, morning or whatever, and like I said, like we we can we live by a theater now, and like it's the theater we go to by us is like. It's the only regal in Arizona, and so it was like no one goes there, which is nice. Kind of like, kind of our own private theater, which I love going there a lot. It's like no one goes there but me and my family and some of our, it's like some of our friends. But uh, um, and I was hearing things. Oh, this is gonna be sold out all weekend. This is gonna be crazy. Got there on Sunday morning. There was like no, it was like nobody there. <laughs> there was like nobody there. <laughs> yeah, they all saw it on Thursday or Friday or Saturday, and no one went Sunday because we walked in. And also, I was kind of surprised. Like it's like a fourteen auditorium theater. I want to say like eight or nine of them were just Taylor Swift theaters only. Like everything got pushed out. Like no Saw, no Creator, no Exorcist. Oh no, Exorcist was there, but like nothing other, nothing else. And I was like, damn, this this movie theater is owned by Taylor Swift because it's only just every our like wing of auditoriums was Taylor Swift Eras Tour, Eras Tour, Eras Tour, Eras Tour. And I was like, god damn. Um, but tell you what, I mean, I'll do a quick review about this. It was, I thought it was pretty good, actually. You know what? I didn't know what to expect, so I'm like, yeah, it's, a, it's a concert movie. I'm watching, like, a recorded version of the show that I wasn't there for on the big screen. 
And I'll tell you what, for a concert movie, I thought the production was really good. The production was really good. Um, it was very cinematic. Like, it really felt like I was watching like, an actual movie at times. I was like, oh, whatever cameras they use, whatever like sound design they use, I thought, like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I was like, all right, I'm with it. It's three hours long, and you kind of feel the three hours too. Even I was kind of like, yo, this is a concert movie. I'm kind of dozing off at the end. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's. I'm, I'm in it. I'm going to sleep. I'm kind of dozing off, but it was it was definitely you know, definitely a cool experience to kind of like just like see what you know Zeta and like, like so many other people did you know this past year see this in the, you know in person. But like, um, but I was talking to her and her friend, and they were saying like it was cool for them because even though they were there, they were to the side, so like seeing it on the big screen, they kind of saw like more of what they missed, like front and center, because the camera's like on her and her dancers and her production design like entirely the whole movie. So they were saying like, yeah, it was cool seeing different angle of it because we didn't get to see that because we were kind of like off to the side to the left of the stage. And I was like, that's kind of smart then. So if you were like in the nosebleeds at a show, you couldn't see shit only like on the big, you know, jumbo screens at the you know, arenas or stadiums, you couldn't really see shit. I guess it's kind of a cool way to kind of like see what you quote unquote missed because you were kind of far away. Um, but also it made a shit ton of money. And from what I heard too, it already, it already made the... It already made more money than Blue Beetle did in his, in his entire run of theatrical. That's not that's not even that difficult. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I heard it might even outpace Black Adam. I'm like, damn, damn, Rock, you got nothing right now, bro. Sorry, homie. <laughs> I was like, damn, like had like almost a hundred million dollar opening weekend. I don't think it'd be Joker. I think Joker still is like the biggest October opening, but like. It, it made so much more money than movies that, that we all loved, like, collectively. And I'm just like, this movie cost them, like, 10 mil. This is probably, like, her allowance for her week. And this movie over, like, made its budget back in, like, a day, which is crazy. But Done. I was saying... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I said you first. No, I said you first. Uh, okay. Well, I saw this uh, little article slash video. I didn't completely watch it. I was on TikTok, actually. Yeah. Going through TikTok, and I saw a thing that said uh, a bunch of girls turn uh, the Taylor Swift movie into a concert. And basically, they were all standing up, singing, and together and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, like, you're very lucky that didn't happen to you. <laughs> like, I'm sure people were singing, but like, not like a bunch of teenage and you know, adult women acting like it's a live concert i'll tell you what actually i kind of wanted that experience actually i kind of wanted that really and i did you know why because here i'll tell you why because i've been just opening nights with nick all it's like all in college some stuff from um you know Endgame to infinity war to no way home and i remember going to see black panther opening night with with moses like the i remember seeing infinity war with nick and the and moses and like Everyone was cheering. People were going crazy. Like, oh my gosh. Uh, Endgame wasn't as crazy. I remember after we saw the movie, Moses was like, man, our crowd sucked. Um, but but, uh, but still, even Endgame, like, people were going nuts when, you know, people walked through the portals, you know, it was crazy when, like, they, went, they saw, like, all this kind of, like, reveal stuff like that, you know, the time travel stuff. And to me, I was like, oh my gosh, even No Way Home. Like, I was one of those clowns. I was like, oh my God. I remember I was grabbing Nick's hand and Zeta's hand. I was like, it's happening, guys. It's happening. I was kind of like a kid again. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. Um, so I was kind of hoping I got the same experience with the Taylor Swift movie. Cause I was like, you know what? I kind of want that because 
it became more lively, kind of like being an actual concert. And I'll tell you what, this is the one time I was kind of like, oh, good enough theaters. The theaters were actually kind of su- were supporting that behavior. They were like, go crazy, make some friends, you know, go, you know, sing along, whatever. Because it's it's definitely, I feel like, because like I said, it's the the people that couldn't afford tickets. I mean, rightfully so, they were super expensive. Ticketmaster was kind of ups on them for like so much money on resale. Um, this was for the people that couldn't afford going to the concert. So, or if, even if they did, they want to experience, you know, this $2 billion tour together again with everybody. So this was kind of the closest thing they had to, to the, to this experience. So the theaters were like, yeah, take out your phones, you know, go crazy, you know, dance, obviously. And so to me, lots of the video stuff like that, I was kind of like, that's kind of cool. Cause I think it was kind of, Hey, also people are in the theater one. I'll take that. That's a win. A win is a win. That's a huge win for the theatrical business. Um, and B, I'm like, you know what? I feel like we don't have that experience anymore as much anymore. I mean, except for me for like an end game or infinity war, or no way home. Uh, maybe top gun was kind of close to that. I wouldn't say that much, but in the past year, like we haven't in the past year and a half, I would say like we, there's no movie that kind of like brought so many people together for this moment. Like, you know, Avatar came out and it was kind of like, cool, Avatar came out and that was it. Like, it made money kind of very quietly, but it was like, okay. So it was like, there hasn't been kind of like a really big theatrical event like this in a long time. Like, you know, Indy couldn't do it. Flash couldn't do it. You know, I, I would say Barbie made the next, Bar- I think Barbie's probably, well, to the back, I think Barbie was a huge moment too. So I remember at the Barbie screening, we had to wait 25 minutes to get into the door and we had assigned seats for the screening. Like, we, were, we were on the list and it was like, we still had to wait 25 minutes outside in the, in the heat to get in to get our seats and we had a sign seating for our screening and i was like this is crazy and they're, they're turning people away stuff like that so yeah i think barbie was kind of the closest thing that we've had like oppenheimer definitely had a huge huge moment too i mean people were going crazy in oppenheimer obviously don't get me wrong but people were kind of in that kind of moment so to me it was definitely yeah i kind of wish i had that experience because when we went on sunday morning it was me z her friend marie and like two other people and that was it and the only people that were singing were Zeta and her friend <laughs> and Marie. <laughs> no, one, no one else was singing, so it was like I kind of wanted, I, I kind of wanted to experience like the craziness. But again, where our where our theater is too, our you know theater next to our apartment, no one really goes there, so it was kind of like more convenient than like I guess like experience. But my mom went on Friday, and she was saying that shit was a madhouse. <laughs> and God bless my mom, and she was like, I don't mean like two two of her songs. I don't know. And she was saying people were going nuts. They were buying the, the friendship bracelets and everything. And I was kind of like, so yeah, from my first firsthand from, you know, my mom, she was saying like, it was like an experience. Like people were going nuts. They were on their seats, like going crazy. So I'm like, Hey, teach their own, right? You know, if, if, if that's something for you, that's awesome. But t- to your point though, I know people were kind of complaining about it. They're kind of like, man, like this is so obnoxious. And I'm like, yeah, but also if you don't know Swifties and their, and her fan base, What'd you expect? <laughs> Say no church, you know, quiet church Sunday. So I don't know. So anyway, I had a good time with it. I'm getting, I, I give her props for a not going to the studio system. I heard, what I heard too is that like she approached studios and they were saying like, we want to do this, that, whatever. And then she would have lost a lot of money because studios wanted more you know, return from her. And from what I heard too was that she met with like every single studio, everybody. Universal, Paramount, Warner, Disney, streamings, everybody, everybody. And from what I heard, this is true, smart on her. From what I heard from like people I, I work with, people I you know, work in the industry were saying that she basically took those meetings to get free advice and not work with them. 
that's kind of baller if you ask me. I don't know. <laughs> like it's kind of like to have all these meetings, to have all these kind of like you know like talk to you. Like, yeah, like I'm doing this concert movie. Like, what do you expect? And she got free advice from everybody. And she goes, "I'm doing it on myself to, to the te- to the theaters." <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty baller. And that's pretty baller. And even Christopher Nolan today was like, "I applaud that." And I was like, "Damn!" Uh, like, and he he even said an article I think it was on Variety. Chris Nolan was all like, "Good for her." Good for her because that shit kind of will help theaters out a lot. And I was like, damn. And I think Beyonce is doing the same thing in December with her movie hmm. as well, her concert movie. So, also, given the strike, I mean, I, I mean, strikes are going on, obviously, but like, given the strike, I mean, we're going to be hurting for movies because I'm hearing more things, more things being pushed back, <laughs> excuse me, because of like the ongoing strike. So, in a way, why not? You, you, make, you, you have you all those footage filmed already that you're on tour already. You edit it, you no, know, edit it, you no, know, sound, you know, sound mix it, everything great, good to go. Put out for 10 mil, and you made the money back in a, in a day, in a day showing. That's that's pretty baller. So I give him props, man. I give him props for doing that. I think it was definitely an experiment. I mean, I don't know about you boys, but the last movie I saw as a concert movie was Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, in 2011 with my brother. Oh, <laughs> and my that was that God. experience. <laughs> Remember that, Joe? <laughs> Dude, I didn't I go to theaters. That. I didn't go to theaters. Thank fuck. I did not like Justin Bieber back then. I is you want a believer? I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm gonna punch you the next time I see you project. <laughs> But my mom and my sisters loved Justin Bieber. So for a while, mm-hmm. when it came out on DVD, that's all I fucking heard in my fucking house was that stupid-ass concert movie, and I hated it. They had the glasses. They Purple were so glasses. excited, dude. I was annoyed. I was like, fucking, I hated this. I like Justin Bieber now. He's talented. I never denied that. I think he's talented. I just didn't like the music back then. He's better now. Uh, but you know that it was it was almost as bad as like my nieces watching Frozen. <laughs> they for some reason in my family they love things that I hate. <laughs> so. So yeah, but no, that was that was that was the news. I was so happy I didn't go because like just a bunch of girls at that time, my age, which really? was young, screaming and crying <laughs> and like he was there. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I would have fucking shot myself. Wait, in nigga. game, in a video game, I would have shot myself. Just you know, PG Keep it safe. Keep it safe. <laughs> keep it safe for now. Wait, was that a big thing at, you, at your school, Nick? Like, like, like all the girls go to the, the the Bieber movie. Was that like was that like an event at your school? Because it wasn't ours. It was at our our school. Dude, the girls. Were I remember. I remember like junior high, it was Justin Bieber and that, that call me maybe song. That was a huge thing. I was, I was walking into like my, my, my fifth period history class or something like that. And one of my classmates, she just, she just ran up to me from a distance, looked like a shot from get out 
runs up to me and stops right in front of me and then just starts singing the song. She's like, duh, duh. I don't know the, song, the, 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 the lyrics, but just look me dead in my eye. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? What is this? Like, I was like, what, what the, what is this? She's like, and then she would just like start all like, what the fuck kind of Twilight Zone bullshit is this, man? Bro, it was insane. I was like, you need to leave me alone because all you're doing is singing that damn song. Like, she wouldn't talk anymore. It was bizarre. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, crazy, man. I'm all, like 13 years old. Ironically, <laughs> I was okay with One Direction and the Jonas Brothers. Whenever people were going crazy for them, I was like, that's understandable. Because not going to lie. Like, too? Yeah, the, not oh the, I don't God. think the Jonas Brothers, but One Direction did. Yes, yeah, sure. Bro, okay, Jonas right Brothers now, had Camp Rock. No, they they, they had Jonas <laughs> had a 3D concert experience as well. Oh, I don't want yeah. on 3D back then too. But I was, it was a 1.5 on IMDb. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Oh my god! <laughs> Look, I have no problem with people going crazy for One Direction and the Jonas Brothers because I'm not gonna lie. I listened to their shit back then, and I still do now. They're good. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah why were all these movies in 3D the One Direction was in 3D the Bieber <laughs> one's 3D Jones Bros 3D what the hell 3D was <laughs> like, kind of like a big thing back then sure, yeah, yeah, you're, so, right, you're right you're right you're so, right so like what we were talking about before you know the the sh- the podcast we were, we were talking about you know like zombies and vampires like 3D at one point was that thing. Everyone tried it. And that there was a lot of shitty films that we have probably forgotten about that Bro. just were in 3D because that was the thing. Everyone wanted to see it 3D, like especially kids. Like when we were younger and our parents were like, we're going to see a 3D movie, we went fucking nuts because it was like, oh, you know, like, you know, like Spy Kids. Spy Kids did 3D and that did really well. And you know, like all this other shit. You know, I forget Spy Kids did 3D until I watched They're the movie. One again. of the first ones. They're one of the first ones to do 3D narratively. Yeah. Do you guys ever rewatch that movie and be like, oh, yeah? Okay. You know, because you see them do like certain things where you're just like, that was because it was in 3D. I'm not going to watch this in 3D now, but you know. <laughs> okay, that's. Funny about that, I actually, I actually did a whole Spy Kids trilogy rewatch recently. I'm not even shitting you. That's hilarious. I was so bored one day. I was like, t- I thought we moved into our new place, and I was like, I'm tired, man. I don't watch anything. I'm putting on like, I don't know, was it? I forgot what I was watching. It was in Paramount's or whatever. And it was like, nearly added Spy Kids, and I was like, do they have all three? And they did. I was like, all right, here we go. And I literally watched all three of them, like randomly one night. And I was like, man, this is bringing me back to the good old days, you know, like the, the rocket boots and like the the yeah. spy gadgets, whatever. Um, I was about and to I was, say, how was it, man? It was weird, dude. It was like a fever dream almost, because I was like, yo, this is so weird. This is tripping me out, because I'm like, yo, like this, I, these were a big part of my childhood. I was assuming maybe you guys too. Like these movies were like the shit back then. Like um, Robert Rodriguez doing it. Like. Even uh, Richard Linklater, one of my favorite actors, uh, the cameos in these movies, I was like, what the hell? Like, this is so, like, this is so bizarre. Um, but I remember I remember watching the 3D with my dad growing up. That was, in theater, that was crazy. But what's funny, though, is that me and Z went to, like, um, a used bookstore about a few weeks ago, right? 
And sure enough, on the on the DVD stand, DVD uh, the DVDs there too. It was Spike is 3D, the, the DVD version. I opened it up, and they had like the OG glasses in there too. And I was like, "Yeah, that's a trip." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my goodness!" Because I was like, I had, I had the same glasses, and from the theater, from the DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't watched any of the new ones uh, personally. And I, I reviewed a movie from from Rodrigo a few a month ago, and it was pretty bad. So I was like, "This guy was a big part of my childhood," but like now it's kind of like. What what are you doing, bro? <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> Love the guy. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's an innovator. He's an innovator with filmmaking. Yeah. I give him, he's a self made dude. I respect the hell out of Rob Rodriguez. But recently, I'm like, bro, what you been on, bro? <laughs> like, I was <laughs> I was telling this to Joe. Like, someone was like uh, on Twitter was like, um, it was like uh, someone said the Hispanics black Hispanics Black Panther is machete is machete. <laughs> Oh my god! Damn. <laughs> Such a joke. Uh, like, that's funny, but fuck uh, y'all. Yeah, that's for ridiculous. real. Can I yeah, believe was, that, dude? But what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, uh, funny that you bring up. I brought up Spike Kids. Funny that Spike has has been brought up because TikTok has been going crazy about the one scene of Steve Buscemi talking about the whole God thing. I was like, okay, we get it. Dude, they were, they were like, that was everywhere in TikTok and Instagram. I was just like, we get it. That's some deep shit. Move on. (laughs) Like, like I love the movie. I love that scene with Steve Buscemi. I even loved it back then, you know, as a kid, because that was, I don't know. I pay attention to that, but like, but you know, like it, it. I I have this problem of just like how we point things out that you know was very noticeable from back then to where it just becomes overplayed. You know, especially in film. You know, we watch things when we rewatch things, and and things just get way too overplayed. To you know, where how how can I explain? It's fun to go back and watch things and find all the adult jokes and like the things we didn't know as a kid. But when when it's everywhere and everyone's talking about it and it's just like staying longer than it should, it sort of takes the fun out of it. If that makes sense. It's it's yeah, that also I think it's the new generation discovering this too. Now they're kinda like everyone's watching it. Again, it's the it's the King of Queens thing now. We we all grew up I think all of us grew up watching King of Queens and that fucking meme. I love that show. And that meme going around and now everyone's watching King of Queens, including me. I'm like, I've seen the show in years. I'm 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 watching it on Peacock because I was like, you know what? Fuck it, why not? (laughs) Like it's there, I might as well watch it. It's like it's a resurgence of the, of the most randomest stuff, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 funny. And like I said, at least about that th- the 3D thing, you're right. I mean, look, look right now. There was a gl- there was a Glee 3D concert movie. Kitty, uh, Kitty Perry had one. Oh, there's a Glee one. Dude, yeah, the Glee. Me. I didn't know about that one. <laughs> there was a there was a you said One Direction had a one 3D one. Uh, Ham Montana had a one. Uh, Bieber had one, like I said. Metallica had an IMAX 3D one. Like, what the hell? Metallica had Metallica? one? <laughs> Dude, I would love that. What the fuck? Yeah, Metallica had an IMAX 3D one. 
That was <laughs> shit. That was probably dope as fuck. Mm-mm-mm. That's crazy. But you know, I, yeah, I digress. I digress. Um, so I, speaking of like Rodriguez, actually directors, I want to ask this question to you guys. I mean, we've seen a lot. I mean, even given a few weeks ago when we saw Exorcist, we talked about a little bit then was, you know, there's been a lot of directors like kind of changing like quote unquote of like the status quo um you know of like changing genres i think we're all like i think we're all, as you know writers filmmakers ourselves like you know i definitely think like um it's definitely cool to see um filmmakers kind of like you know not jump ship but kind of like they're kind of it's kind of cool to see like them um um take on different you know genres and i can think of like dan mcbride david gordon green obviously doing that um i can think of also um jordan peele obviously comedy to horror um, you know stuff like that so nick i'm talking with you actually so you know like i said it's it's i think we've seen a lot of filmmakers a couple of years like kind of like change what they're kind of used to to become you know working in different genres um who to you as filmmakers have stuck out the most of directors that kind of like change genres with their or what or kind of what we're used to seeing them as like who kind of who kind of like comes to mind when you think of that well technically like a director that switched genres because he's directed the genre but uh i will say like a person who I'm, I'm gonna say Jordan Peele because uh, he started off in comedy with, you know, like Mad TV and and Key and Peele, and he was, you know, he was he was known for for being funny. So then when he did Get Out, like that was a huge shock, mm-hmm. like that was insane, man. Like I was, I saw the trailer. Well, first off, when I heard that he was directing, I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical. You know, I'm kind of like the the dude from Key and. Peele a horror movie okay because also i think it's kind of like you know i, I had this kind of na- naive notion in, in my head at the time like um a uh, an actor first time directing is probably not going to be that good. and like and i uh i've since grown from that but <laughs> um but yeah you know like when he um so when i when i saw get out i was like yo this this brother knows what he's doing man like you know, it was just like it was like wow. So he definitely made that switch, and not just successfully, but genuinely well. And we've seen his his kind of filmmaking style just like grow and mature and evolve so much. Man, like Nope was incredible. Yeah, he's becoming more like an of like of an event filmmaker. Where like when you see a movie, like how, again, how like Get Out was like was a moment. Us was also a moment yeah. too. And then Nope also was on another yeah. moment of like, he's really becoming an event director of like, oh, I'm seeing a new Jordan Peele movie. I'm seeing a new Tarantino movie where it's like, Peele has that kind of like pull now. So also, I'm going to ask you this too. Mm-hmm. Who's a filmmaker that you admire or you like to watch that you want to see them kind of like change direction, change genres? You know what? Um, I would, I would love to see... I would love to see Zack Snyder take take a whack at trying to do um like those the old universal monster Ooh. movies like Dracula Frankenstein. I feel like his style would really kind of lend itself well to horror 
Yeah. And especially kind of doing like a, a new modern contemporary kind of revamp of those classic uh, monsters and, you know, the whole shared universe thing and da 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 da. You know, I think I think he would kill it. That would be cool, especially how he, I mean, he managed uh, Shaun, uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, and um, Army yeah. of the Dead like, Army incredibly of the well. Do you think there's yeah. like, I mean, I know they scrapped that after the mummy flopped pretty badly, unfortunately. Well, that movie kind of sucked. Um, uh, do you think that if Universal were to do that, like Dark Universe, they think they would approach him to do a movie? I think they'd approach him. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I think, I think oh, I cool. kind of think if Rebel Moon does does well, then something like that would be more likely to happen. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? I feel like it's gonna kind of depend because I think, I think he would do well, but also I feel like he is he seems still to be like a kind of slightly controversial figure in the industry right now. But again, like I said, if if his new uh, Rebel Moon movies succeed then then maybe maybe it's like you know the other studios will be like oh you know what i think i could i, I think i can fuck with this guy just a little bit more i yeah you know i think rebel moon is gonna do really well i think it's gonna be like a really big event for movie fans but also netflix but you know i might rewatch army of the dead because you know it's spooky season because i remember seeing that with you and hamza and i was like this shit was good this shit was really good yeah that shit that shit was really good and the scope mm-hmm. of that, and the scope of that, well, I'm like, yo, he could totally do something within horror again. And it was kind of cool going back to his roots. Because I think, like, really, you know, Dawn of the Dead remake is, A, one of the best remakes ever, if you ask me. And mm. also, too, the way he able to capture kind of just, like, really good, like, characters in both of his zombie movies. Like, he could do something really cool. Even with Blumhouse. If Blumhouse even wanted to, he wanted to become more of a smaller scale kind of movie goes back to that kind of thing he could do something really cool like something yeah something with frankenstein or the wolfman would be kind of cool because he, also he has experience working with like you know creatures and stuff like that um that's be, that'd be cool actually i would love if universal ever does the dark universe again after it flopping once before i i would think they would approach him just because of like hey you know why not like he's a he's a film again controversial but like at the same time like i think it'd be kind of cool to like experiment with kind of like his take on like um like a dracula or frankenstein or like a, or a mummy even mm-hmm. like oh, that would be dope. i don't know he has he has the adventure genre down really well i said with with his last with the last few movies and rebel moon does well i think like hey you know what let's bring him on but i think right now i think he's already ha- things happy with his nest at netflix right now so it would, yeah. yeah you never know you know you never know Slightly, slightly tangential. Um, what if what if Snyder did a Blade movie? That would be kind of dope. That would be a big fuck you to DC, and I would be kind of I would be for it. I would be <laughs> for it, but at the same time, I told this to you, I think to to Joe last last time to you after Exorcist was that I would want him to do a rated R version of Blade, and we all know DC oh, like yeah, the fuck sure. that we're not doing it. We're doing PG thirteen. You're gonna like it. And we all said, oh, no, 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 nah, no. You got to start doing some R-rated stuff, man. If you can do uh, Deadpool R-rated, you can do every. You can do some other stuff R-rated. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, you can. It's, it's, you have the properties. Just do it. You know, I'll put it on Hulu, stuff like that. I mean, I want to see it theatrically, obviously, but if you want to do it more, quote, unquote, adult, 
you have Hulu for a reason, fuck it. You know, it's you had that for a reason for your more adult content, but but uh, all right, Joe, you're up, my friend. So who's a filmmaker that you that you can think of like well, a first like has kind of like impressed you that has changed genres um, as a filmmaker? <clears throat> that is, I've been trying to think about it, um, and like looking into it. I really don't know because um, I'm not the person that looks at directors when I'm looking at movies, you know, um, I'm just like, what movie looks interesting to me? I'm never about like the details of things, I guess you could say. Um, If I had to pick one, I would be James Wan. Ooh, interesting. Because he did Aquaman, he did Furious 7, but, you know, he's known for Insidious, The Conjuring 2, you know, horror films. So, you know, to to go into those things and do really well, you know, with not really having anything prior for those type of movies, it was it I, I say he sticks out pretty well for me, you know, because he did well, even though people didn't like him. Those movies weren't shit, you know, unlike a lot of other people who have tried and completely just bombed, I would say. Oh, definitely. It's it's easy to like really just like change genre, change genres, excuse me. And be like, yeah. I mean, it happens a lot. People do change genres and or try different genres in their filmmaking, uh, filmography, and they're like, yeah, nope, it didn't, it didn't work. Is there is there someone in mind that you like to like as a filmmaker that you want to see do a different genre that they're used to? John Krasinski. Um, okay. I would like to see him do a sci-fi fantasy movie. Ah. With a little bit of thriller and, you know, um, suspense put into it. Um, okay. Because the, the thing about John Krasinski that I love ha- him as a director is that he focuses on detail. He focuses mm-hmm. on detail. And you can see in A Quiet Place, you can see it when he does, um, you know, his shows and anything he does, like, with a quiet place, like he did something new in um well I don't, I don't know new, but he did something that a lot of people don't do, which is when uh when they showed the daughter's point of view, the sound was cut off. You know, there was no sound because she's deaf. Um, so they did that, and he he focuses on detail so much for stories and characters. That that you know he'll he'll recall it later on in the film or the show, and that's just very important in in film to me because I I do care about details because I hate when movies are just point out this one thing that you think is important and then never brought up again. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. just like, what was what was the point of that then? You know, like what what was the <laughs> point of this one little scene? Like, you know, a character goes runs off to do something important, that character doesn't exist anymore. You know, I've seen that so many times where it's just like, 
right, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> I, so, so, but with John Krasinski, like when I watch his stuff, it just feels like everything has a purpose. And I really do love that. So I would love to see him do, you know, fantasy and sci-fi, you know, something like with like something like cyberpunk or, be cool. or you know, D&D like lore type or, you know, even Star Wars. If he did Star Wars, oh, my God, I would I would die happy, you know, so <laughs> I would love to see him get into that field because he did really well with his action movies and did really well with you know, quiet place. So to see him, you know, get into these things that I truly love because I'm, I'm a giant nerd. I'm, you know, fantasy and sci-fi are the books I read and games I play and all that. So I would love to see him get into it. He was still my choice to direct Fantastic Four. Like he, he was, I know he's not doing, I mean, we don't know who's part of that cast anymore, but I, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought again, I, briefly, a little bit of a tangent. I really thought that, hey, you know what? This guy has done really great work with Quiet Place. A lot of good indie movies before he did um, Quiet Place. Was a filmmaker, also was a writer. And I was like, damn, if if Kevin Feige and Marvel would be like, hey, look at this guy. Everyone loves him. He did a few, also did some episodes of The Office that he directed as well. Let's have this guy be our mm. Reed Richards and our director. But even then, I was like, hey. Even if he's not in the movie, I think he'd be make a really cool uh, Fantastic Four movie as a filmmaker. And that didn't happen, obviously. You know, they had, Matt, they had, they had John Watts originally, and then John Watts left, and then uh, Matt Shankman's doing it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm still curious about it. But I was really thinking, hoping during, remember during COVID, I was like, oh man, like he's my kind of like my fan, my fan casting, obviously, for Mr. Fantastic. I'm like, yo, if the guy, if the guy is a filmmaker and an actor, that would be Marvel's first thing as like as like uh, hiring an actor director for the first time because no no other I mean uh, Paul Rudd wrote the first two Ant Man movies and also starred in them but he 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 didn't direct them he didn't direct them so I'm like it just would be cool to have a first time have a filmmaker also be your main actor in a huge superhero movie because yeah Ryan Reynolds also also produces and writes Deadpool it would be kind of cool to see that as well but you know. Mm-hmm. It is. It is what it is. So, again, I would love to see Chris do something like that too. That would be really cool. Kind of like you know, change it up. Um, I don't know. I was kind. I was kind of. You know, I gotta give a shout out definitely to David Gordon Green. You know, again, I think people don't like his actresses, unfortunately, and as well as the last two Halloween movies. I, I personally do. Um, I think it was really cool seeing him, Danny McBride, kind of like really shift gears because they're known for their commute for comedy stuff of like you know. Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, Gemstones, Pineapple Express, Your Highness, stuff like that. So I get, get shout, shout out to them, um, you know. But yeah, it's there's a lot, a lot of filmmakers that I, I do my research. I was like, man, they did a great job, kind of like you know, changing kind of like the status quo and changing what like we're used to them of them seeing. Um, but I'm, I, I was also kind of blanking on it too. But you know, someone who I really admire, I think, I mean. They're similar in his way, but you know, Edgar Wright to me is a really cool an example of an outlier, like you said, Nick, very controversial, like controversial in a good way that he's making like different movies that like not kind of like quote unquote as mainstream, like you know stuff from Shaun of the Dead to Hot Fuzz to um, 
to uh, World's End to, you know, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, then to um, in Soho. It was really cool to see like his shift from those movies to Let's Night in Soho. Because I was like, it's still an Edgar Wright movie, but this was different. Like, this was so different. I was I saw it on Halloween a few years ago, and I was I'm glad I did because I'm like, hey, this is an original movie I support in theaters. But like, it was really cool to see him like, kind of like dial like the like, his kind of like you know like quick cuts and, and stuff like that like in like you know the Cornetto trilogy and, and Scott Pilgrim took a more like horror darker thriller movie, and I was like, yeah, that was really cool. So that was my example. But I I would think he's kind of like genre bending, kind of doing different stuff because it's really cool to see him kind of like. In different wheelhouses. Um, so again, that, that was, I get right to me is one of the guys that sent out to me the most. But someone who I would love to see change, um, you know, change genres. I, again, it was I got a bunch of them, but one I think that would stick out to me the most. You know, I I, I did think of James Wan as well, uh, Joe. I was like, you know what, James Wan could definitely do like a more like a satire kind of a comedy kind of thing, like do more comedy mm-hmm. satire, get away from horror or you know, superhero whatever. Um, I would definitely. It's tough. I would like to see Tarantino do a sci-fi movie too. I again, I'm a big Tarantino fan, right? Like there was Star Trek numbers years ago. Star Trek movie. That's right. Yeah, a few years ago, I was kind of like, I remember some Star Trek fans were like, "Fuck no, hell no, absolutely not." I'm like, "Why not?" Like, I would love to see. I'm all for it. I would love. I would love to see that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? So you know, I know he's doing his one last movie, or so he says. It would be really mm-hmm. cool to see Tarantino take on like a sci-fi movie, like something like really because he did that stuff. With, you know, like he does kind of like a revenge story, like Kill Bill, but in space, or like a sci-fi western, like a Django slash Hateful Eight, but in space too. That would be really cool because, like, you know, it's endless that possibilities. Like you bring back Sam Jackson, you bring back you know. Uh, Jamie Foxx, you bring back to me some new talent. I mean, I want Tom Hardy to be in a, a Tarantino movie one day too. It'd be kind of cool. Like, oh, I would dude, love to see. So I would love to see kind of like new talent as well with him. But he would break if you do a sci-fi movie. I, w- I, w- I want to bring back people he's worked with before in the past, obviously, and some new, some maybe some new talent as well, like he did with Margot Robbie and Austin Butler and um, uh, Hollywood. So it would be really cool to see what he did with like a sci-fi or like a dystopian kind of movie or like sci-fi apocalyptic or even in space. Like I'm all for it. So again, if he does more and more move, more movies after his 10th movie, if that happens, I would love for him to do the whole, just go out, full out sci-fi, go full Tarantino sci-fi, something crazy. Even if it's Star Trek, I still want to see that. That's still on the table. So that would be cool. That would be cool. But you know, a boy, a boy can dream, right? I mean, <laughs> a boy can dream. Um, so yeah, you, you you never know. You never know. You never know what like um, I don't know what like could happen. But I would I would hope so. But you know, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Also, speaking of again, so this, this week too, the movie this week obviously is Kill, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, we haven't seen the movie yet. Unfortunately, there was no screening for us. Uh, it comes out tomorrow, I believe. But uh, I want to ask you guys this. You know, you know. Scorsese, also very controversial the past couple of years. What are you saying about superhero movies and genre and like, you know, blockbuster stuff like that? You know, it's, he's been kind of like, you know, stirring the pot, as we say. And, you know, Lita Caprio has been one of the mm-hmm. you know, biggest mm-hmm. movie stars ever of our lifetime. Nick, I'll start with you, my friend. So, 
you know, we're you know, when we were in film school, obviously, you know, we were everyone told you know, Scorsese this, blah 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 blah. So these filmmakers are you know, Spike Lee, you know, Tarantino, like the like iconic filmmakers that were like kind of like shaped the way of what we have today. So I'm asking you this. So is there a Scorsese movie that you kind of like think kind of like is kind of his standout as a filmmaker? And what would it be? Hmm. Huh. Uh. Well, uh, a Scorsese movie that sticks out to me is this. Might be a bit of an oddball because, like, you know, he's known for for gangster movies, but he did this movie, matter of fact, with Leonardo DiCaprio, um, called Shutter Island. Ooh, that's and, a good one. Like, yeah, like I, I don't. I I don't think I would say it's the best of his career, but it is really good. And the way that they they handle all of the psychological elements of it, like there's there's a dream sequence. It is my favorite dream sequence, and out of every single film dream sequence I've ever seen, because this one like it actually feels like a dream. Like the way it's edited, like nothing matches. The sound is off. The cuts are a little bit off. You know, like the the continuity is a little fucked up. Be and and. I guarantee you in every other dream sequence and every other like TV show or movie, everything is very kind of like lucid and coherent and very straightforward, which is like that always bothers me because that's not how dreams are. Like um, right. Scorsese had a sequence like this in Shutter Island. And I was like, this actually feels like a dream because it was it was all off and and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's a good movie. I remember watching it for the first time during COVID, and it stuck with me, man. And like, it gave me chills. It gave me really yeah, chills. Wild man. It's. That I think movie it's was one, crazy. I think that's one that you brought up. I think it's kind of one that's kind of, kind of like forgotten about sometimes when you think of like Scorsese and Leo movies. Like you kind of like forget. Yeah, it's, like, it's oh, very shit, underrated. Yes, super. And it's sad too. I feel like that movie would never. I mean, that movie could could get made nowadays, but I think it would be kind of. It would take. It would take a lot of like convincing. I feel like because I made as well because it's it's a very like yeah it's a very it's a hard movie, hard movie to pitch for sure. It's a very hard movie to pitch, but like you watch it, you're kind of like oh shit! Like you, what you're what you're in for, you're just like oh man, and it, and it fucks with your mind heavily, heavily. Um, so I know that one's also a Leo Scorsese you know, duo as well. But is there another Leo movie that kind of like is your favorite of his, you know, acting career so far? For me, it would either be Inception or mm-hmm. or The Aviator, bro. Is The Aviator good? Never saw it before. The The Aviator is really good because it um it follows the life of of Howard Hughes, who I believe was one of the inspirations for uh, for the Iron Man character, but it. It's it's young Leo, but it, it's showing like the the kind of the behind the curtain, shall we say, of this dude's life. Like he was this really big, like larger than my figure, but it's showing like you know he had I think it was like OCD or a stutter or something like that. Like there he would there would be these moments where he would get like stressed out or something, and he would maybe like hallucinate or he would just he would start saying something and then like the last sentence he just keeps repeating and he can't like stop himself from saying it. And it's like this big whole thing. And like his kind of, um, his kind of entourage, they're trying to make, they have to make sure that no one's around, uh, to make sure that no one can see him like this. Cause it would kind of, it would kind of mess with his image a little bit. And, you know, it just, 
you got to see basically the the man behind the legend so mm-hmm. to speak and and uh uh Scorsese he did a really good job of directing it and Leo did a really really good job of acting it cuz there there's a couple of scenes man like Leo like has to go there bro and it's like it's kind of like dang this is <laughs> this is kind of crazy to watch but it was really good and Inception that's just that's just one of my favorite movies man that's probably like <laughs> top 10 for me and um and yeah like leo leo killed it in that role too like it was really really good again i'm gonna watch the aviator now because that recommendation definitely like excited me because again it's, my, my li- it's been on my list like forever but now after hearing that like i'm for sure watching this movie i'm hyped to watch it now i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking you, forward you to check it, it out. i'm hell looking forward to it all right, Joe. So first off, I'm gonna start with you. So like, so, so start with your favorite Leo. I know you're a Leo DiCaprio fan too. What's a Leo movie that one of your favorites of his career so far? Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. Hmm. How come? Um, I played his character. I'm not used to seeing him play a character like that. You know what I mean? Like the closest. I would say him playing a character like that would probably be Django Unchained. But for this one, it was just it was it was funny as shit, but it was like but like, emotion so well. You know what I mean? Like you could take that character seriously. With a, with some with some actors when they do comedies, yeah. They you can't you just like oh it, it's it's funny but like it's way too over the top or it's just not believable in certain aspects of certain type of movies but when we did that movie like the character was real i could see someone being like this guy and i i especially love the scene where He's in the trailer alone, and he's giving himself shit. You know what I mean? That one was so hilarious and 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 relatable to extent because you know you you, you might not be acting in a movie, but like you might do something and then like go be by yourself and give yourself shit. Where it's just like, what were you doing? Like, why did you say that? Like, you fucking idiot! Just you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I fucking I love he he did so well and he again he showed different emotions such as crying and passion and care but also in a narcissistic way <laughs> you know and so so it was, it, overall I just I loved the movie I think he did well um, if I had to pick a different movie it would be definitely I hate you. Yeah, that, that was gonna be that was gonna be mine. I feel like <laughs> you knew. <laughs> that was one of the. That was probably the, the movie that just got me with him as an actor right there. So, That's yeah. a good one. Damn. Yeah. I, damn, was good. I still, yo, what's popping in Hollywood? I love the scene where like when the little girl tells him, "That was the best acting I've ever seen in my life," and he goes, "Thank <laughs> you." He was crying. He goes, "Rick fucking Dalton." <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's you watch that scene alone, 
and it makes you laugh because it's like out of context. You just laugh because like his little girl is like just telling him that, and he's just like crying and stuff like that. At, they're seeing, like I said, the, his little, little little tantrum he had in in the uh, in the in the trailer because it's like you see that <laughs> that it's like it, it definitely it's a good kind of like a little bit of an arc in a way. Um, I know you're not a big again director, like I said, if you miss a director, kind of like you know you know watch or whatever too, but like. Is there a Scorsese movie that you can think of that stuck out to you a lot as a filmographer in his filmography as well? Goodfellas. My man. <laughs> My man. Why that one? Um, because it still holds up. Like, yeah, we watch old movies and we enjoy them because of them. But, like, that doesn't mean they hold up. With Goodfellas, it still holds up from characters because all character, all every single character is unique, and so, so you know they stick out. They, they, you know, even with the big roots, like even nowadays, like when we have a big, it's usually pinpointed on. To the screen characters and, and everyone else's background. Both good fellows, mm-hmm. all of them stood. stood. Mm-hmm. So he did that really, but also the way he filmed. It, it told this story, yet we didn't see the whole story, but we knew the whole story, right? Yeah. And it just and just different aspects of it. So you're 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 seeing it. You're understanding what's going on, but at the same time, you're just like, "Holy shit! What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> it's a very quick pace. It's a very quick yeah. pace. Exactly, and the pace works well. And we talked about this in several other episodes where we watch a movie and we're like, "It's really good," but the pace fucking sucks. Yes, it was slow. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't work for that movie, but when this movie worked, like everything in that movie worked so mm-hmm. well for it. The actors, how bloody they were, like you know the emotions that they felt, sweating, the heat, like everything worked so well. Okay, it just came all together to make such an amazing film that. The older generation still love it. And the newer generation can love it. And it just holds up to where it will it'll be like a Hitchcock movie. You know what I mean? That everyone knows about it. And if you haven't seen it, you know of the film because yeah. people talk about it. People talk about the name. Growing up, I didn't watch the film, but I knew the name Goodfellas, and it took me a long time to see it, but I knew what Goodfellas was, and I never was like, oh, what's this movie? Like, everyone knows Goodfellas. So, mm-hmm. you know, that movie sticks out to me. Great choices, man. I'm with it, dude. I'm with it. Not that Well said. Yeah, the pace of that movie is phenomenal. And again, R.I.P. Ray, Ray Liotta, that movie really has some just like iconic moments that really kind of define a lot of other movies that came after. Um, so I was going over my list the past week and I was like, oh man, like, no, I want to kill, I want to see Killers of the Flower Moon really badly, but also it's also four hours. I'm kind of like, 
I'm still a little PTSD from The Irishman because I was at that in theaters too. <laughs> I I literally I remember this ultimate was our it was our senior it was our senior year of college, Nick, and it was like I think um um I think it was um I think Joe just visited us for my 22nd birthday. Joe just left back to Chicago, and I was like, okay, I want to see this movie, but like it was limited run in the theaters because of Netflix doing it. And I was like, all right, whatever, and I missed out on it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it on Netflix eventually, whatever. Um. And then my and my and my professor Mayday, one of the best dudes ever I had at ASU, one of my mentors. Uh, Mayday was, was awesome. Was the boy man? He was the boy man. He was oh the my coolest. god! Best professor I had at ASU, hands down. Um, he's a really good dude. Taught me taught us a lot of stuff of our you know what we knew you know today and and you know in, uh, from film school. Um, and I was talking to him for like a meeting after like school one uh, class one day. And he goes, "You see Irishman yet?" I was like, "I I, I haven't." I you know I was. I watched it in theaters. I, 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 I had my wisdom teeth removed, and he was like, "He was Doug, go home right now and watch the fucking Irishman." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, sir." Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, "I want to see it in theaters." He goes, just, "Just watch it. Just go watch it." I'm like, "All right, all right." I was looking. I, I wanted to see it. I know Alamo Draft House when it was still in Phoenix had it for like a week or two, and it went away. And like, I think Harkins didn't have it. I was like, I didn't have like, I didn't have a car at the time either. So I was like, "Where can I find this movie and watch it at home?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And I remember I took the ASU free shuttle bus from our old dorms at Best Hall at ASU to the downtown campus. And I walked my ass to this little, little, little dive, little kind of like divey bar, like little movie theater called the film bar, which is now gone. Thanks to COVID, unfortunately, which I'm heartbroken over. Um, and they showed like very artsy, very kind of hipster. They had like, they had like, they had like, they had like local drafts. They had like, you know, like their own popcorn stuff. And they would show like kind of like artsy movies. They would show a lot of like, you know, classics like Pulp Fiction and, you know, Goodfellas and you know, like, uh, do the right thing and you know Malcolm X stuff like that. A lot of like Spike Lee, Scorsese, Spielberg movies. A lot of like foreign films too. Um, so I was like, cool. I'm going to this, go to this this small theater in Phoenix. I'm gonna go see it. Why not? And it's really kind of like really kind of cozy. Again, it was just sort of like it was not a huge theater. It was kind of like a smaller kind of like a screening room almost. Like a decent sized screen. I was like, oh, cool. I'm here. I remember I was so hyped for this movie. And I remember four hours later, I was like. I should have stayed at home and watched this on, on the TV. This was a waste of my trip. <laughs> this is a waste of my trip. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, that movie to me was really a bit of a letdown. And I'm hyped to see Killers. I really am. But the trailers have like not sold me 100% yet. I want to see it because it's, it's De Niro, it's Corsese, it's Leo DiCaprio. It's this crazy fucking story about what happened to the to the Osage County um, um, tribe and people. So I'm I'm curious about yeah. the story itself. I'm, I I want to see it, but also I'm like I'm worried that I'm gonna spend four hours in a theater to be like this, this was Irishman all over again. Because again, I was hyped with Irishman, and I can't wait. Scorsese fan, De Niro, Pesci, everybody. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be crazy. And uh, Al Pacino, I was like this is gonna be nuts. And the whole time I'm kind of like I kind of want to go home and nap. <laughs> and I saw it at, like at <laughs> 10 p.m. at night too, like a dumbass. I was like I don't care. Oh hell. I'm sitting in theaters. I, I work at 7 a.m. the next day. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to see this movie in, in, in theater somehow. And the whole time I was like, I should have stayed my ass home and watched on, on my 32-inch TV, my small-ass TV that I had at the time in my door, in my apartment. And I was like, damn. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hearing good things about it. But also, I don't get my hopes up because I'm also like, even with Silence, too. Do you ever see Silence, by chance? I I started silence. I didn't get the chance to finish it yet. Exactly, though. that's the right that's the right answer. 
Oh, dude, that, you're crazy for that. You wild for that, bro. No, because no, I, I did the same thing. And I remember watching, during, you know, watching my, on my laptop during college or whatever. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to it eventually. Yeah, I'm going to get back to it. Never did. And I think I saw the ending somewhere like on TV one day, random like me on TNT or TBS, whatever. And I was like, what is this movie? Or FX, whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's silence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never, I never finished this movie. And I watched the end. I was like, I'm cool. I mean, I know I, I, yeah. I was a huge part no, of like hey, no, the movie. No, no spoilers. No spoilers for the no, end because no, no, like, no. I, I definitely do want to see it. No, trust um, me. It, look, it looks good. It's just like, I was like, damn, I'm not going to finish this tonight because I almost started it at like 830. Yeah. Hey, what's uh, up? We're not, How are you doing? We're not recommend. We're not recommend. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you how it ended. I forgot. It's been a few years. Totally forgot about it. Totally forgot about it. I was like, okay, it's it's basically you know, priest trying to go trying to find Liam Neeson. It's the reverse Taken, basically, um, where like they're looking for <laughs> Liam Neeson this time. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I haven't been impressed with his movie since Wolf of Wall Street, which I love. But to me. Mm. This was a tie. My favorite Scorsese movie definitely is hard. Is between either Goodfellas, uh, Goodfellas, and Wolf of Wall Street. Because I remember reading the book in high school. I loved the book. Saw the movie. I was like, "Holy shit! What is this movie? This is crazy!" Um, and it stuck with me so like much. I was seeing some shit that I've seen before. I see a lot of like a lot of dicks, a lot of tits. I saw a lot of stuff on you know a lot of, <laughs> on the big screen. I saw a lot of nudity. I saw a lot of butts, a lot of ass, a lot, a lot of breasts. So a lot of shit. That I'm like, wow, this this is a first. Um, and the movie yeah, starts off with. Was... Go, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying that movie was wild. I thought with Leo Caprio doing cocaine there. out of a um, Lady of the Night's ass. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> um, anyway, so for me, I think we're with Goodfellas too, like Joe. I remember seeing Goodfellas. I took a film school, I took a film class my senior year of high school where it was a dual enrollment where I was getting college credit. Um, uh, while I was in high school, and my professor at the time, he was just like, he showed me all these kind of classics, a lot of like international films too. And I remember seeing Goodfellas for the first time when I was seventeen in this class, senior of high school, and I was like, whoa, this is like, this is a, this is awesome. And I grew up watching The Godfather. My mom's, my mom's favorite movie is The Godfather, but like Goodfellas to me just like, I don't know, like hit me different. At, I mean, maybe at the right time, you know, I was a 17-year-old teenage boy, like, violence and, you know, craziness and, you know, guns and, like, you know, like, car chase, stuff like that. Like, it made it work for me, but to me, like, the pace of that movie is amazing. The writing of that movie is phenomenal. Ray Liotta's monologues and narration is perfect, if you ask me. And Ray Liotta works so well with Pesci and De Niro, where you're just like, wow, this movie, this movie is incredible. And it takes you and it runs with you the next three hours. The runtime goes by, three hours go by so fast. We're just like, oh my god, this is like, oh, we're already done with it, and the pace really is a character of its own. But like, the movie has no problem telling you like who these people are, what they are. They're not good people, but you're rooting for the bad guys in a way. You're rooting for these kind of these schmucky, you know, low lives. But like, you again, they're schmucky, but they're very, they're very charming in their own ways. We want, we want to kind of root for them and see what happens. And you know, Ray Liotta, the, the scene again, when he's doing the pasta sauce and the, he's on cocaine and the, you know, the chopper's like following him. It's so anxiety induced you're just like oh my god like release me now please release me but i yeah, i love the movie so much but my top 10 my top 10 of all time but from what i'm hearing about killers where it's like it's the opposite where it's like you're gonna feel the runtime of this movie and i'm like no i don't want to hear that <laughs> i don't want to hear i'm for this four hour runtime i don't i don't want to hear that so i'm like oh but i'm looking forward to seeing it um i might, might bring a little blanket and a pillow and maybe some, maybe some red wine as well um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my favorite movie of his. For Leo, 
Also tough. Uh, this game was it was a tour tie between Wolf of Wall Street and Catch Me If You Can. I remember Catch Me If You Can when I was growing up, and that's probably still my favorite Spielberg movie. But Leo, that movie is so charming. This young Leo, he's so charming in that like he's a smooth talker. He's it's again, this is a true story, and it's again the way he plays it is like so even more believable. You're just like wow, this can this is a true story. And how all this all this happened. He's so the way he talks the way out of things, the way he kind of he dupes the FBI and the CIA and the the checks and the banks. Like like this kid's eighteen. He's doing this before he's even a legal like before he's twenty one. This is crazy. Um, I know that's wild. I haven't seen that movie in a minute. It's so good, dude. I if, if it's not, if it's on TV right or on the plane, I'll watch it. Cause I'm like, oh, I love this movie so much. I, I can't turn it off. Cause I'm like. It's so good. It's it, it grabs you and it just like you're just, you're so into it too. Um, so that was tough, but I think Wolf of Wall Street is his best movie just because of like the things you do in that movie is absurd. But man, every moment of that movie is earned from the him doing the quaaludes with Jonah Hill to him getting in the car driving mm-hmm. off of expired quaaludes to like the I'm not fucking leaving. Um, the the mm-hmm, the the chest bump stuff like. It's it's a really a, a once in a lifetime performance that you're just like wow what am I this is I'm watching like history in the making right now and that year when McConaughey won who I, I love McConaughey too one of my favorite actors I love his book likable dude lovable dude love him but I did think that year should have gone to Leo because I was like I was, Leo was really giving his all in that movie and it's to me I was like damn he should have won for that not the Revenant. Because I told this to you before, I told this to Joe before too. In the Revenant, I thought Tom Hardy was better than Leo in the Revenant personally. Where I thought Tom Hardy had a better arc and had a better kind of just like I don't know. Leo's kind of like the whole time in the Revenant. It's like uh, 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 the whole movie, which like <laughs> that's the movie. I'm not gonna lie, that, that is the movie. But I really think that Tom Hardy ha- as the villain ha- was a more interesting character, and I liked more of his storyline than Leo's storyline. Where I was like, I think, I really think Leo should have won for Wolf, not Revenant, and Tom Hardy should have won for um, the Revenant instead. But again, that's just my little hot take. But yeah, man, I again reading the book, reading the Wolf Wall Street book, and seeing what Leo able to like really play this schmuck ass, you know, corrupt ass Jordan Belfort is really remarkable, and it's a really it's a tour de force. Uh, you know, it's really like once in a lifetime performance of an actor. Where you're sitting there, you're just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing on screen. But he commits, like he commits to the, all the crazy sex scenes, the quaaludes, the drinking, the drugs, the everything. Like it's a, it's absurd, but like that's a performance that you'll that you'll never see again from an actor. I feel like, well, from him at least. But like it's one that really sticks with you. You're just like, how the hell did he pull this off? This is remarkable. So I love Catch Me If You Can, love Exception as well, love Django. But when you watch Wolf. It's Leo is just really taking the ball running with it. We're just like, holy shit, this is something, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like, what am I watching? This is this absurd, but in the, in like the most perfect way, uh, how, of, of how absurd it can be. So that's mine. Yeah. And like I said, looking forward to seeing killers. Are you looking forward to seeing killers at all? Nick, are you kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll catch it down the road. No, I'm I'm really interested in it because you know I, I like Martin Scorsese's movies. Like Irishman was kind of, it was a bit of a letdown for me. But yeah. you know, like I'm, uh, I saw the trailer for 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 Killers, and I was like, dang, you know, this looks dope because it's 
you know, Leo's coming back. And plus, like, you know, I saw uh, Brandon Frazier in it, and that, that really piqued right. my interest. That's right. I like Brandon Frazier a lot, and I haven't seen him really in a more dramatic, serious role. Like, the closest one I can think of would be his role as Robot Man in, uh, the, in that Doom Patrol show. But I'm like, I'm like, they got Brendan Fraser in the in the Scorsese movie. I got to check this out. Yeah, I toy for it was in that too. Also, I like Jesse Plemons too. Jesse Plemons is a really underrated actor, if you ask me. I think he's really kind of oh, yeah. like shown his range. He's good. I haven't seen him in, in in too much stuff though, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Breaking Bad to me is like where I Breaking Bad. No, no, that's right. Like Mike, that's right. He's the fucking villain and like Mike. I always forget that he was a fucking bully what? kid. He's the bully kid, dude. That. And like Mike, that's it. Because I haven't seen that movie since like 2004. Dude, he's the fucking bully kid in Like Mike. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that too. Oh my goodness, Like Mike. And I'm trying to think what else. Breaking Bad, obviously. Did you ever see Game Night by chance? Game Night. No, no, I didn't. With with okay. Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. No, I didn't see I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna give you my movies anywhere login so you can watch this movie. You're going to love Game Night. That shit is Taylor. hilarious. That shit is hilarious, Taylor, dude. You, You're going to watch it with Kaylin if you can, too. You're going to love this movie. Game Night is fucking hilarious. And he's so weird in it, but it's so funny. It's so fucking <laughs> funny, dude. He steals the no, scenes that he's in, man. I got you. I got you. Um, Appreciate I'm it. Who else, of course. I think it was that, that, we know, that we know him from. I mean, he was great also in um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Wait, what are you talking about? Uh, Jesse Plemons. You've seen Game Night, right? Yeah. He, he, he played the, the weirdo cop neighbor with the dog. I fucking like that guy. That guy's fucking hilarious. He's really He's good, man. Great actor. Also, if you've seen the Black Mirror episode with the Star Trek one, he was, the, he was like the main guy in the Star Trek uh, Black Mirror episode. And that's my favorite Black Mirror episode of all time because he's fucking. I watched like a few episodes of Black Mirror. I was like, I'm good. Okay. That was it. If I if you could watch one more episode like ever, the Star Trek one is remarkable, dude. Trust me, the way the productions on that on that on that episode, the performances are amazing. It's a trip, like it's a trip. And to me, when I first saw it, I was like, Yo, this is tripping me out. And, but in the best way possible. But I remember Nick was telling me like during Kobe, he goes, you should watch these episodes of Black Mirror because like, you know this scene, this thing, whatever. I, or, him and Hamza were talking about those at a movie one time, and I'm like, okay, I'm watch these episodes. And the Star Trek one fucked me up. I was like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and Plemons is amazing in this. So I don't know. That's I, again, you're right. Brendan Fraser try is in this movie. It's right because you said he was. You said he was great in the whale, wasn't he, Joe? Uh, Brandon Fraser? Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, but he was great. He was amazing in the lab, yes. Yeah, I gotta watch that too. I gotta watch that too, but... Oh, man. I'm looking for... Again, I'm hoping it does well. Like I said, I give Apple a lot of props for putting some movie out on the big screen. Then I'll, then I'll be in, on Apple TV how many months from now, whatever, but... Again, I respect Apple TV for putting out their movies on the big screen in a, in a wide release with uh, Paramount Pictures. So kudos to you, yes, Apple. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All righty, boys. I think this was, a, this was a fun episode. Got a lot of cool things 
down for a, for a non-review episode. We got some we got a lot of things to you know to talk about. This was this was a good episode. Uh, I think we should still do you know because it's spooky season. I'm just gonna do a one and one. Uh, Joe, do you want to explain what our one and ones are? Uh, yeah, sure. Our one and ones is um, when each of us, one at a time, uh, recommend one movie and one show for you. Uh, you know, just so you can put it on your uh, watch list. We know you probably won't watch it right away, and you know, just hopefully down the line, whether it's a week, a few months, maybe something. You eventually He would love you. Even if you're cutting out, my guy. I'm sorry. Uh, oh my goodness! You're back. You're back. You were you were so good, and then went. I'm like, no, come back, come back to us, come back to us, come back to the light, <laughs> come back to the light, Joe. <laughs> Don't you die on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you die on me, Ricky Bobby. You are not paralyzed. Paralyzed. <laughs> knife in the leg. Um, yeah, I'll start it off real quick. Um, I, for spooky season, I've been trying to watch one more of my favorite horror movies and a lot of new horror movies too. So, my movie of the week I'm going to recommend is the 2011 remake of Fright Night. Uh, this, I've seen the original Fright Night a long time ago, and it was cool. It was something cool. But it wasn't until Joe told me about it when we were in, like, middle school. And I was like, okay, I'm intrigued by it. Um, I forgot. I think it, it was that you, saw, you and I saw it together, or I saw it by myself. Or I saw it again with you, Joe. But I remember sneaking. I remember sneaking into the, the, the movie when I was like, I was like thirteen, fourteen. No, I was, no, I was thirteen years old. I wasn't really a big horror guy back then. I was very, very squeamish, very a bit of a wuss. I was like, I, I don't want to see blood. Da, da, da. And I remember sneaking to this movie with my with my three D glasses that I brought from home actually, because it was three D Friday Night three D. And I brought my glasses from home because I'm like, well, I'm sneaking in. I can't get glasses because this movie's rated R. I'm thirteen years old. Um, and I remember sitting in the back. Like me to the people in the, in the theater, and I was like, "Yo, this is cr- this is like really good." And for a not a horror fan, it just stuck with me. It was Colin Farrell. Okay, Friday basically is base is um, send the suburban town. Uh, this seventeen uh, year old kid, um, uh, you know, he's nerd now. He's becoming popular, um, and one of his friends tells him that his new neighbor is a vampire. And uh, the teenager, Charlie, played by Anton Yelchin, R.I.P. Anton Yelchin, um, he was saying, you're crazy, man. Vampires aren't real. You're, you're just absurd. But then people start, people start going missing in the neighborhood. And he sees the neighbor kind of being kind of like very strange and very omnimate, uh, um, very kind of like dark and moody and very, and very kind of just like really creepy. Where it kind of, gets, kind of raises an eyebrow a little bit. And he discovers that his, his next door neighbor is a very charming, handsome vampire played by the great Colin Farrell. And it's a very bonkers movie of what happened, stuff like that. Um, again, I was seeing it in 3D when I was a teenager, and the 3D like super worked for like this horror movie where I'm like, "Whoa, this is this is some great 3D and it works." But the scares are there, but also it's funny as hell. It's a really good. I'm a good, I love a good horror comedy, you know, hybrid genre, and this one like works incredibly well. I think it's one of the best remakes ever, if you ask me. If not one of the best remakes ever made. Um, the humor works there. 
acting's great from everyone from Anton Yelchin to Colin Farrell to uh, Tony Collette to Mojin Poots to uh, Christmas Plots, uh, aka McLovin. Um, it's a really, really great movie that I think came out and no and no one saw it, unfortunately. Um, but if you can, if you can find it somewhere, it's it's awesome. Uh, it's a really great vampire comedy horror movie. Love it. Um, so I would recommend. I watched it. I watched it every Halloween uh, season. Um, again, it's one that I think about a lot and great score, great pace to it. So again, I, I'm sad the movie kind of kind of kind of uh, didn't do well in the box office. But if you can watch it now, it's worth every every minute because it's a great 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 horror comedy slash uh remake um and for my show of the week i'm gonna go with a show called upload which i think season three just came out today actually that i haven't seen yet and upload upload is the from the creator of the office and parks and rec uh greg daniels as basically where sent like an alternate future where in the future where if you pass away if, when you pass away you can you can upload your consciousness to a vr system it's it's same you people can people can visit you like via you know VR headsets stuff like that. You're still you're still you're 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 still you. Your body's still you, but obviously your body's like no longer with us. But your consciousness is still uploaded to this kind of like amazing cloud thing that's like run by this like huge corporation that has like kind of like Apple. If Apple had like extremely VR, but like you can also upload yourself when you once you pass away. Uh, but it comes with a price. It's really kind of funny comedy because it's like this guy again has an accident. He um, he doesn't know what he's getting into, so he uploads himself. But like, again, he he dies. So now his consciousness is now living on this cloud server, and it's kind of him kind of figuring out his now mm. afterlife. Of like how how does he manage like his new life now? He can still see his friends and family, you know, via when they VR when they do their VR to talk to him. But like he's lonely. He's lonely. He's trying to make friends. And basically, it's also kind of like a satire about class. Like, if you're richer, you get the best premium package. You get like the best room, whatever. And if you're mm. if you're poor and no money, you're in the fucking slums. You have like the the goop every day for lunch. You have like the the shittiest apartment, whatever. You have like you can't unlock like the better like um, clothes, whatever, or food, or like better experience. Basically, it's like the the more money you pay, basically, the better experience you have in your afterlife. Which is kind of a very weird kind of like premise, but it's very charming. There's uh, again three seasons as of today. I'm almost probably have to see the new season this weekend actually. But it's a very charming show. Also, too, I like that in the show, it's all unknown actors. Like you don't have like you know Will Ferrell or Steve Carell or you know Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. or Denzel in it. It's literally all unknown actors. I'm like, cool. I, I don't know who these people were. So it's cool seeing people I, I don't recognize in this role because I'm like, okay, yeah. If I see him in another show or movie, oh, it's, it's, the, it's the guy or girl from Upload. You know, it's, it's really cool seeing that. So, yeah, super great show. Again, I'm glad Amazon brought it back for another season. It's a very intriguing show. Season two had a really bit of a cliffhanger. Um, again, Upload, Amazon Prime. Super recommend it. And, yeah, that's my show of the week. Nick, my fr- floor is yours, my friends. My friend. So, for my movie of the week i'm gonna go with a film called it comes at night this is an a24 movie with joel edgerton it's a little spooky it's um first off i just i love the a24 horror movies and this is basically um it, it follows a family joel edgerton's family and like they're trying to stay alive it seems like it's maybe in the middle of some sort of virus or something like that um something's going on but they don't really get into it and that's because the story is not really about 
like the thing that created the situation there and it's really just about the situation they're in so they're you know it's one of those types of situations where it's like you know we got to focus our family we can't let other people in but they're forced into a situation where they have to let another family in so then tensions are rising and it's like can we trust each other and it it builds up to an incredible climax and um the movie i would give it like a nine out of ten it was really really good i would definitely recommend it and for the show since we're in the october season i my show is supernatural a little cw show with uh jensen ackles and jared padalecki following the characters sam and dean winchester as they travel across america and kill monsters um overall fun show i like it i (laughs) i do think it should have ended in season five um (laughs) but the way it (laughs) like for real because also that was the that was the original ending ending but the way it ultimately ended i think it was a good ending for the show for the characters it was nice and it was sweet but at the same time um well i'm not gonna get into that that's kind of that's kind of spoilers but it's a very fun show um great characters great adventures um especially the first five seasons like the first five seasons is peak supernatural um overall i'd give the show maybe like a 7.5 out of 10 because i also skipped a few seasons i'm not gonna lie probably for probably for for the right reasons i I, I would assume right (laughs) for for good reasons yeah like (laughs) i skipped like five seasons bro you should not have done that wait Everyone has their own way of watching. I, I, I have a question, Nick. Did the guy who make this show mm-hmm. also make The Boys? That's right, Eric Kripke, I believe. No That's shit. Okay, it. it's the same guy. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's the I, same guy. Because I know Kripke hired uh, Jensen Ackles, who's off topic. My my choice for the next Batman, if you ask me. Um, he uh, dope as Batman because he cast him as Soldier Boy in The Boys. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, Soldier Boy is a fucked character. He's a fucked character in the boys, nah. but damn, it's he's charming kinda, at the same time. <laughs> he's, he's the most, yeah. most he's really fun to watch, but this dude is kind of he's kind of out there. He's like literally like the antithesis of Captain America. <laughs> For real. Oh my god, I got my supernatural. All right, Joe, my friend, floor is yours. What's your one the ones of the week? Alright, I'm going to bring up a movie that I have loved since I was younger. And I'm not a horror fan, but this movie, I every time it's on, I have to watch it. It stars our beloved, beloved psychopath, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> and it's called Disturbia. Uh, great movie. It's a fantastic a movie. Sort of like yours. But instead of a charming vampire, it's a charming murderer next door to him. Uh, so Disturbia, Shia LaBeouf's character, he, uh, he, you know, he gets under house arrest. So he has nothing to do all day. You know, you get bored, you're stuck, you're, you know, you're a teenager trying to figure out what to do, you know. So what better to do than spy on your neighbors, see what they're doing, you know, check out the hot new chick, you know, oh, uh, the neighbor, the older guy, brought a pretty young chick home. Oh, 
I and then he witnessed him murder her, and that. But then he sees that same person that got murdered leave. So he's trying to figure it out. It's a mysterious sort of horror, mysterious murder type movie. It's really good. It's also funny because it's like you know young Shia LaBeouf. So you know this comedy and his character is just very high pitched and like panicky, you know, sort of like sort of like Transformers when they're still good. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really good movie, though. Story-wise and acting, pretty great. There's probably going to be some acting where you're just like, oh, dear God. But, you know, it was it was a really good movie. I enjoy it still to this day. It's a it's a movie I if, if someone puts it on, I'm going to sit down to watch it because I love it so much. It's a really good, great movie. I love it. Great soundtrack, uh, too. Great yes, soundtrack. Very much so. So definitely love that movie. And then for the show, I'm going to do Penny Dreadful, which has three seasons. And is Yo, a show, show goes, bro. Yeah. That's so my shit right there. Everyone knows Dr. Frankenstein and, you know, uh, the wolf man, basically, you know, werewolves and all that stuff. Well, basically, this show, what takes it and it, it, it shows us their origin in a different light. And, you know, it's a very psychological show, too. So it's not something just like, oh, yeah, there's monsters. Like, you know, you, it's it, it plays with your head to where you don't know where the fuck it's going or what the fuck is going to happen next. And it's just really, really good. And all, all the actors do so amazing. The cinematography is great. The story is intriguing and really like captivating and i i love it i love that it's it's set in you know victorian era london it works so well for the show i love it it's such a great show i'm looking at the writers right now there's some good writers they have john sorry john logan co-wrote this as well as a girl named christy wilson uh karen's what put your name john logan wrote the aviator skyfall Gladiator, hmm. um, Hugo, Rango, Sweeney Todd, <laughs> The Last Samurai, it's hilarious, um, <laughs> and Sinbad, <laughs> it's hilarious. This dude has a pretty good uh, filmography as a writer, and Skyfall is the best Bond movie, if you ask me. And then his no, co-writer, fucking Skyfall, bro, put that shit on, bro, I'm there. I'm fucking there. Um, and Same then Chris... Man. Christy Wilson Cairns, I can put your name. She wrote stuff like uh, Last Night in Soho, 1917, which is a great war movie. So, wow, you some, got some good writers on this show. Got some really good writers on the show. This is, that's really cool. I, I, I had no idea about the show until you guys told me about it. This is, this is like on my radar now for sure. I'm hell looking forward to seeing this. Penny yeah, it's, a, it's really good. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, I have to watch this. So, Damn. you know, back in 2014, when it first came out, I was watching this shit, like, faithfully, like, every day. Damn, this is... Damn, this, 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 flip, this, this slipped under my radar big time. Oh, man. Yeah, this, this is definitely... I'm, oh, my, my alley. Hell yeah. 
I right. did tell you about it back then too, because I'll tell you what show I was watching, and I explained it. I believe you. I don't. I don't. Want, I don't why. Like, I'm. I'm blanking on it for some reason. I don't know why I'm blanking on it because I gotta. You probably wrote it off in your head back then. You've done that. I've done that to <laughs> you as well. So everyone's done that. You know, where you're just like it might be something good, but just the way it sounds or the way it's explained or you know just a, your mindset at the time where you're just like, eh, no, nah, I'm good. Man. I'm blanking on, I'm blanking on, I'm blanking on the on the show, but I'm, I'm not gonna watch it now. But alrighty, guys. Also, Nick, I didn't tell you that, man. Correct on your new short film, bro. I, I didn't tell you this all day. I watched it when it when it aired. I was like, I was so into it. I put I put on the big eighty inch TV, and I was like, all right, Nick and Jake, what you got for us? What you got for us? Oh. And I, I really like appreciate appreciate. I like. I want spoiling for the audience, but like, I like the use of red in this. Mm. It was. It thank was you, very, it was very Kubrick like. I'll give you that. It was very Kubrick like. Oh wow! <laughs> um, also, it kind of reminded me of like um, a little bit of like Ari Aster when there's a, the scene where you're like looking at your beard. Um, mm-hmm. It was given like kind of like Ari Aster kind of like horror in the daytime kind of vibe. That makes sense. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Cool. Thank you. That's that's interesting. I like. Uh, that's a really cool comparison. Yeah, no, I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to spoil anything for the audience, but like, the yeah, the really the use again. I like, I love when like people use like certain colors as like their kind of defining thing in their films. And your use of red was mm-hmm. really cool. Like, again, it was giving me like giving like Mike Flanagan, uh, Stanley Kubrick vibes. And there's a scene where like you and like, the scene from your point of view, we're looking at Jake, and the red feels kind of almost like Sin City at times too. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so we, we were kind of going for um. You remember those uh, the opening credits to Hellboy where it's all red and shit. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah that that was the the initial inspiration for it because I was like I wanted it to be just like we we wanted it to be like really just like uncomfortable and kind of like oh uh, you feel just really like uh, I feel nasty kind of being here. You know we we were going for 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 something like that. And, um. A little disturbing, uncomfortable, but also mysterious and kind of like, what is this place? Where am I right now? But yeah, thank you, man. I'm, I'm glad that you liked it, man. It, it took us a while to, we were working on that for like the better part of a year, low key. Yeah, well, um, it definitely shows the, in the production quality, man, for sure. For wow, thank sure. You, thank you. I appreciate you. I'll, I'll text, I'll text you. Um, uh, I think while I was watching it, I took a screenshot of like what kind of, there was a scene where from like, from Jake's POV, kind of spooked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the oh, yeah. what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it for the audience, but um, now I wanted to congratulate that because it was it was really good. You know, again, put it on the I wanted to put it on the big you know 80 inch TV in the living room to kind of really fully immerse it. Except like it was it was, was giving me that goosebumps. I was just like, oh, this is good. Like, all right, Nick. All right, Jake. I see what you I see what y'all are doing. I see I see you guys. Um, thank you, thank you. We, we aim to impress. You feel me? No, like I said, you know, I've seen again. We've seen a lot of movies this year, but like again, with you and Moses, man, you guys make these movies you guys make your short films look like way better than other movies that we've seen this year <laughs> like, i i i would well, i would ha- a lot for sure i would happily watch the otherly like any day of the week over some movies that we've seen this year because like the their, their production your production given the budget that you guys had is pretty pretty impressive again again i, I I'll, I'll be honest it's pretty impressive but um I'll, I'll make sure I'll make sure to put it on our link tree too, so they can watch it for our for our listeners and our audience. Thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, yes, please do. 
All right, Joe. You're the grandmaster, man. Take us <laughs> home. Take us home, wizard. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much for that title. Thank y'all for coming on. <clears throat> Sorry. Thank y'all for joining us on this verbal journey through our thoughts, opinions, views, and mad ramblings of uh, our passion for movies and TV shows. Um, we thoroughly enjoy having you guys listen to us, enjoy talking about all these things, and, you know, just gang, you know, what's on our mind and what we see out there to people who agree or disagree and would love to have that, you know, back and forth and, you know, to help people be okay with knowing that their opinions are okay to have. Anyways, we love you guys. Stay safe. Have a good night, morning, afternoon, evening. And tell someone you love them. What about our, uh, our, our socials? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> our socials are on the link tree on our Instagram. Uh, but yeah, you guys go ahead and t- tag yourself. Plug yourself. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, I'm Nick. You can find me at Donning Vision on YouTube, um, capital D, capital V, and on Instagram, it's at Donning Vision, all lowercase, all in one word, and you can find us, uh, like I said, on YouTube and anywhere that they have uh, podcasts. And you can find me uh, on Instagram at the Young Jones. You can find our show, The Boys, as well uh, Instagram and TikTok. And YouTube, which is at, at Midway Avenue Productions. And in our link tree, you can find Joel's Twitch. You can find uh, Nick's Amazing Short Film. Both Amazing Short Films. The link to Dawning Vision, as well as um, other links in our link tree. Um, also find me on Twitter, or sorry, X, sorry. Sorry, sorry Elon, X, X. Um, called, uh, it's uh, at Capri underscore sun, like the juice box, but even sweeter. Um and I'm doing like more kind of like quick thoughts whatever there on on that. Like I said, also again, go to the YouTube page. Go to the YouTube page. You know, we're trying to put out more reactions as you heard at the beginning of the show. We got our first death threat, so we're doing something good, right? Good, right, guys? Um, so yeah, you follow follow us there. Um, again, what what was with the full audio show on our YouTube page there? So thank you guys so much for listening. Off to you, Joe. Yeah. Have a good night, morning, afternoon. Yeah. Love y'all. Bye.